Almighty and eternal God, it is before your awesome presence we stand and sit today. And we ask, great God, as we study your word, that your spirit may inspire us, enlighten us, O God. Through your word, draw us close to you, reminding us that you love us. May as we study your word, dear God, may we be able to see the movement of your spirit within the world. May we be able to hear your voice speaking to us. May in our minds we be able to understand what you're saying and our hearts will be willing to follow your will. In Christ's name we ask, amen. Our Old Testament scripture reading this morning is from Psalms 84, verses 10 to 12. The New Testament is 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 12, verses 6 through 10. For a day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me. Even considering the exceptional character of the revelations, therefore to keep me from being elated, too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of the Lord. I am honored to stand here where the Reverend Dr. Brian Lee stands on Sunday morning to try to bring a word to you today. You'd invited me back in January 2021, and I was in the hospital with COVID at that time. So I'm very delighted to stand here. <laughs> God's grace is sufficient for you, or subtitle, there always seems to be a thorn in my flesh. A thorn can be a sharp spike 
from a plant or a branch, and a thorn can cause much pain. Thorn in, the in your flesh may be by a person or a thing repeatedly causing pain or problem. If you ever had a thorn under your skin or just under your fingernail, you, you know the kind of discomfort that a thorn can bring. Therefore, my first point to you this morning is a thorn makes life very uncomfortable. How many of you have ever had a thorn in the flesh? Yes, a thorn can be annoying, and we know that a thorn hurts. You have asked God many times to remove your thorn or help you endure. You've asked for a promotion out of one department into another. You've asked God not to let you get in that position again. And you have cried out to God for healing and deliverance. In some cases, God has said yes to your cry. But in other cases, God has said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. It is enough. All you need. Paul knew what a thorn was like. This particular thorn that Paul uh, specifies here, he doesn't name it. Maybe it hurt too badly for him to put it in words. That there's reference that Paul had a battle with the flesh because he, he never married. In, in Romans 1, 18 and 19, Paul describes temptation. He says, I, I want to do the things that are good, but I do not do them. I, I do not do the good things I want to do, but I do the bad things that I don't want to do. Is Paul asking God to deliver him from forbidden fruit? There are those who say that the thorn was not in the flesh at all, but his foes, his, those who didn't like him, not, not, not temptation, but, but those who opposed him. The, the passage hints to this possibility when you look at verse 7. The problem was a, a messenger of Satan. There was plenty of people who opposed Paul. There were those who... Uh, questioned his apostleship. There were those who undermined his message of grace, and he has the scars to, to show for it. For it's five times the Jews had given him their punishment of 39 lashes with the whip. Three times he had been beaten by, with stones, and, and one time he was almost stoned to death. Three times I was shipwrecked out on the ocean and spent a day and a night in the sea. I have gone on many trips, he says, and I have been in dangerous places on rivers and, and, and with thieves and my own people, the Jews and those who were not Jews. I've been in danger in cities and in places uh, where no one lived and, and on the sea. I, I've been in danger with false Christians. Can anyone blame Paul for wanting some relief? One grows weary 
from so much difficulty. Can you almost hear Paul pleading, Lord, if you just let me have a little peace, a little relief, just one week. There are scholars who, who think it wasn't a thorn of temptation, wasn't a thorn of opposition, of public relations, but within his own body. Remember, he ended uh, uh, this letter. He, he says, see what large letters I used to write. Uh, remember, uh, you know, my friends, maybe he didn't see well. Maybe he hadn't fully recovered from the blindness on the road to Damascus. In Galatians, he, he wrote, you, you, you would have taken out your own, own eyes and given them to me if it were possible. You see, in Paul's possession, bad eyesight was a hazard to his occupation. It, it, it is hard to travel when you can't see the trail. It is hard to impress the crowd when you can't make eye contact with them. Bad eyesight leads to strained eyes and, and headaches. I had a, class, a schoolmate in college at Stillman College many, many years ago who was blind, legally blind. He, he could see to walk around, but he could not read, so he wrote and read Braille. Smart guy, he graduated with a perfect A average. I would read the Greek assignment on his dictaphone back in the day. He would get up, and while I went to breakfast, he would listen to it, go to class. He'd make an A, and I'd make a B every time. But his, the thorn in his flesh was that he would never be able to see well enough to drive. That was his cry. Great writers are not always great speakers. In 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, Paul overheard people saying, his speaking is nothing. Paul does not argue with them about this because in, in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, the verses 3 and 4, Put in everyday language would sound human <clears throat> like this. It was, I was so scared that I shuddered, so nervous that I forgot my point. And the fact that you heard anything at all is a testimony to God. Paul tempted often, beaten regularly, opinionated, dim-sighted, thick tongue. Maybe he never got married because he just couldn't get a date. No wonder his apostleship is questioned. No wonder he prayed. Paul knew the anguish of the unanswered prayer. At the very top of Paul's prayer list was this unidentified request of this thorn to be removed. Maybe it hurt so bad. He just couldn't put it on paper. I, I think many of us have a thorn in the flesh at times. Sometimes in our pathway, our flesh is pierced by a mean-spirited person or a problem otherwise. Our stride gets shorter and there's a limp in our walk because we're wounded. We try to keep going, but it's difficult. It is then that we cry out to God for help. This was the case with Paul, my friends. It is comforting to us to know that Paul had some of the same problems that we had.
Sometimes you have to do nothing to get a thorn in your flesh. All you have to do is move through the briars of life, such as Thessalonians, Jerusalem, and Athens, and Corinth. Sometimes all you have to do is get up in the morning and one just appears from somewhere. But Paul walked, was hampered by this unknown thorn. Maybe it was a barb that came through his sandals. We don't know. He says, I begged the Lord three times, not one, not twice, but three times to remove this problem. A thorn in your life can become uncomfortable. A thorn like growing up on the wrong side of the track. A thorn like being poor. A thorn like being disadvantaged among people who are advantaged or sitting with people who can sing well and you are tone deaf like I am. Sometimes it may seem that you have a thorn in the flesh just because you are who you are, having to battle a thorn for any, of any kind makes life miserable. This was no casual request that Paul makes. It is in the first degree plea with God. You see, my friend, J.B. Phillips' translation indicates that it was not just a prick, but a stabbing pain. Can you picture it? Paul, three times, limping to the side of the road and praying a prayer. The prayer that he prays is clear, but God's answer is also clear. No, my grace is sufficient. It's all you need. My friends, life at best is a struggle and, and, and many times uphill. Like Paul, it seems that there is always something waiting to disrupt our lives our comfort level, a thorn in the flesh. The second thing I want you to remember this morning is you may have a thorn in your life, but God's grace is enough to see you through. Listen, if Paul's life had been a rose garden, Paul may not have embraced God's grace, whatever the affliction, it was there for a purpose. Paul says to keep me from becoming what? Conceited, too proud, too puffed up. If God had taken away your sleepless nights and, and my sleepless nights, we wouldn't know the power of prayer. If God had made Paul meek and mild, who would have confronted the evil of his day. Paul's honesty may not have made any friends, but it sure made a lot of disciples. Do you sometimes wonder why God does not remove temptation from your life? Did you ever depend on your own strength? Of course, maybe that's why God never, never takes those stumbling blocks away sometimes because we would depend on our own strength. You see, a few stumbling blocks might be what we need to convince us that God's grace is all we need. Do, do you wonder why God has not removed your enemies out of your life? Maybe it's because God wants you to love them like he loves them. 
you know, Charlie Brown and Lucy always got into it, and, 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 and Charlie Brown says, you know, if, if, if there was just one person who really liked me, I, I'd be so happy. Lucy says, you mean to tell me if one person tells you they like you, Charlie Brown, you'll be happy? Exactly right, Lucy. You mean that's all it takes? That shouldn't be hard. And Lucy gets in front of him and looks at him and says, are you telling me just one person looking dead in his eyes, telling you that he likes you, you'll be happy? Of course. Lucy turns away and says, I, I, I just can't do it. Anyone can love a friend, but only a few can love an enemy. So what if you aren't everybody's hero? God's grace is sufficient for you. You ask why God has not altered your personality? You, like Paul, are rough around the edges and also a little bit in the middle. You say something that you later regret you said. You do something you later regret that you did. Why does not God make you more like him? He's in the process. He just has not finished with you yet. Until he finishes with you, his grace is sufficient for, that, for whatever your flaws are. You who are sick, you ask why God does not make you well. He has healed you. If you are in Christ, you have a perfect soul and a perfect body awaits you. His plan is to give you the perfect soul now and the perfect body in heaven. God may choose to heal parts of your body before heaven, but if he does not, don't you still have reason to be thankful? Even in your illness, his grace is sufficient. Do you not wonder why God does not give you a particular skill? If only God would make me a great singer, I used to say. A runner, a writer, a missionary, a lawyer, a doctor. But here you are, like me maybe, tone deaf, slew of foot and mind. Don't worry, God's grace is still sufficient for what, to finish whatever God has given you to finish until God finishes with you. Let Paul remind you that the power is in the message that Paul brings, not the messenger. Grace, his grace is all you need to make life worth living. We often think and talk about Paul being a just God. I don't know about you this morning, but, but, but I thank God that God is more uh, about more than justice. Because if it was just about justice, tell me, who would stand? Justice would say to Moses, you are a murderer, and I spew you out of my mouth. But grace said, I got a job for you, Moses, over in Egypt. Justice would have said to the tax collector, you are a liar and a cheat, but today you will dine with Jesus. Justice would have said to Jacob and Esau, both you and your mother are wrong, but Justice said, I still have a job for all three of you. Justice would have said to Saul, to, uh, destroy, let him destroy himself while he's destroying the church. But Grace said, I, I have need for him in spite 
of his per him persecuting the church. I will change his name to Paul and through him establish many churches. Justice would have said to Peter, you've denied knowing the Lord. Get away from me. But grace, grace said, I am not through with you yet, Peter. Justice would say that we don't deserve to stand or sit in this beautiful sanctuary this morning. But grace says, I will give you another chance. But for the grace of God. We would be on the streets, but for the grace of God, we'd be hungry. But for the grace of God, we would be somewhere else today. If God can do anything with us and through us, it's only by his grace. Otherwise, we are not fit. I don't know about you this morning, but, but I know that if it were not for grace, I'd be on the road to nowhere. I don't know about you this morning, but for me, I can identify with John Newton, who was the captain on a slave ship at once in his life. But after he was converted, he wrote the old hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. God's grace is amazing. This pandemic became a thorn in the flesh of everyone, and, and I can testify that it is a tough thing to deal with. I prayed, and other people prayed with me and for me, and here I stand this morning. And likewise, uh, last year and, and the year before, I prayed and many prayed for my dear loving wife and, and, and God's answer was no to her healing. And so he welcomed her into his kingdom and then gave her a new body. I don't know about you, but God, well, well, God's grace is sufficient when life treats you really rough and knocks you down and, and almost counts you out. That is why Paul could say, we are made strong in our weakness. You see, I know through many dangers and toils and snares, I've already come to his grace that brought me safe this far. And God's grace will what? Lead me home. God's grace will take you places your enemy would like to be. Just hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hands, my friends, and all will be well. You see, if it takes a thorn for God to get his point over, he loves us enough to not remove it, but, that, but he tells us that his grace is sufficient. All we need, just enough. God's grace covers you with grace every day, his comfort. His support and his peace are always just a prayer away. God's grace is sufficient, even though there seems to be a thorn in your flesh every day. Lean on the everlasting arm of Jesus Christ. Amen.